the one, the only, Ivan. Most of the day I doze. Late in the afternoon, Mac approaches. Bob slips under not tag. He prefers to keep a low profile around Mac. Mac's gaze falls up on my pool. A corner of one of my paintings is visible. What's that, big guy? He asks. I calmly eat an orange, ignoring him, but my heart is racing. Mac kicks at my plastic pool. Underneath it are all the paintings. Mac yanks on a piece of paper. It slips out easily, and he doesn't seem to notice the other paintings. The page is striped with green, which is what happens when blue paint and yellow paint get together. It's supposed to be a patch of grass. Not bad. Where'd you get that paint anyway? George's kid, he considers. Hmm. I'll bet I can get 30 for this picture. Maybe even 40. Mac turns on my TV. It's a Western. There's a human with a big hat and a small gun. He has a shiny star pinned to his chest. That means he is the sheriff and he will be getting rid of all of the bad guys. If this sells quick, I'm getting you some more of that paint, buddy, Mac says. He walks away with my painting, Ruby's painting. For a moment, I imagine what it would feel like to be the sheriff. Good news, huh? Bob says when Mac's out of earshot. Looks like you might be getting some more supplies. I don't want to paint for Mac, I say. I'm painting for Ruby. You can do both, Bob says. You're an artist after all. While I watch the movie, I try to come up with a new hiding place for my paintings. Maybe I think I could fold them once they're dry and stuff them into knot tag. It's a long movie. At the end, the sheriff marries the woman who owns the saloon, which is a watering hole for humans, but not horses. It's been a long time since I've seen a Western that was also a romance. I like that movie, I say to Bob. Too many horses, not enough dogs, he comments. And an ad comes on. I don't understand ads. They're not like Westerns, where you know who the bad guy is, supposed to be, and they're hardly ever romantic, unless the man and woman are brushing their teeth before they face lick. I watch an ad for an underarm deodorant. How do you know who's who if they don't smell? I asked Bob. Humans reek, Bob replies. They just don't notice because they have incompetent noses. Another ad comes on. I see children and their parents buying tickets, just like the tickets Max sells. They laugh, enjoying their ice cream cones as they walk down a path. They pause to watch two sleepy-eyed cats, huge and striped, dozing in long grass. Tigers, I know, because I saw them on a nature show once. Words flash on the screen accompanied by a drawing of a red giraffe. The giraffe vanishes, and I see a human family staring at another kind of family. Elephants, young and old. They're surrounded by rocks and trees and grass and room to wander. It's a wild cage, a zoo. I see where it begins and where it ends. The wall that says you are this and we are that, and that is how it will always be. It's not a perfect place. Even in just a few fleeting seconds on my TV screen, I can see that. A perfect place would not need walls. But it's the place I need. I gaze at the elephants and then I look over at Ruby, small and alone. Before the ad ends, I try to remember every last detail. Rocks, trees, 
tails, trunks. It's the picture that I need to paint. It's different now when I paint. I'm not painting what I see in front of me, a banana, an apple. I'm painting what I see in my head, things that don't exist, at least not yet. I pull out knot tag stuffing and carefully I fill her with my paintings, hiding them so Mac won't sell them. She's large, bigger than Bob, but I still have to crumple a few of them. Bob tries to settle on her for a nap. You've killed her, he complains. I had to, I say. I miss your stomach, Bob admits. It's so spacious. When Julia arrives, she notices that I've used up my paints and paper. Wow, Julia shakes her head. You're one serious artist, Ivan. My finger painting has sold for $40 with frame. Mac is happy. He brings me a huge pile of paper and big buckets of paint. Get to work, he says. I paint for Mac during the day and for Ruby at night. I nap when I can. But my nighttime picture isn't quite right. It's big, that's for sure. When I place all of the pieces on my floor of the cage side by side, the cement is almost completely covered. But something's still missing. Bob says I'm crazy. There's Ruby, he says, pointing with his nose. There's the zoo. There are the other elephants. What's wrong with it? It needs one more thing, I say. Bob groans. You're being a temperamental artist. What could be missing? I stare at the huge expanse of colors and shapes, and I don't know how to explain to Bob that it isn't done yet. I'll just have to wait, I say at last. Something will come to me, and then I will know my painting is finally ready. During the last show of the day, Ruby seems tired. When she stumbles, Mac reaches for the claw stick. I tense, waiting for her to strike back. Ruby doesn't even flinch. She just keeps plodding along, and after a while, Snickers jumps onto her back. I lie in my cage, with Bob on my stomach. We are watching Julia do her homework. She doesn't seem to be enjoying it, and I can tell because she is sighing more than usual. Again, for the hundredth time, or maybe the thousandth, I wonder what is missing from my painting. And for the hundredth time, or maybe the thousandth, I don't have an answer. Dad, Julia says as George passes by with a mop, can I ask you a question? May I, George corrects. Ask away. Julia glances down at a piece of paper. What's the difference between the world spelled P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L and the one spelled P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E? Well, the first one is the head of a school, like Miss Garcia. The second one is a belief that helps you know right or wrong. He smiles. For example, it is against my principles to do my daughter's homework for her. Julia groans. If I'm going to be an artist when I grow up, why do I need to know how to spell? With a laugh, George heads off. Poor Julia. I think gorillas get by just fine without learning how to spell. All of those endless letters, those sticks and circles and zigzags filling up books and magazines, billboards, and candy wrappers? Words. 
Humans love their words. I leap up. Bob goes flying straight into my pool. A word! You know how I feel about wet feet, Bob yells. He scrambles out of the water, shaking each foot in dismay. I look out my window at the billboard. I can still hear Mac's voice in my head. Come to the Exit 8, Big Top Mall and Video Arcade, home of the one and only Ivan, Mighty Silverback. I count to 12, and then I count again, just to be sure. I lay out 16 pieces of poster board, four down, four across, a perfect square. What are you up to? Bob demands. I'm guessing it doesn't involve sleep. It has to do with the billboard. That's signs of monstrosity, particularly since I'm not featured. I grab my bucket of red paint. You're not on the billboard because you're not in the show, I point out. Technically, I don't even live here, Bob says with a sniff. I'm homeless by choice. I know, I'm just saying. I study the billboard. Then I make two fat lines like broom handles. Another fat line connects them. I stand back. What do you think? What is it? No, wait, let me guess. A ladder? Not a ladder, I say. A letter. At least that's what they're called. I have to make three more. Bob cuddles up next to Knot Tag. Why? he asks, yawning. Because then I'll have a word. A very important word. I dip my fingers into the paint. What word? Bob asks. Home. Bob closes his eyes. That's not so important, he says quietly.